Hi, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, coming to you from Yorkshire, England, where it's all all very Christmassy here in the studio, aka my living room. We've got the tree up and all the decorations. I know we've got uh, we've got things put up on the last Sunday of November, but it's it's such a short time, the run up to Christmas. We love having things looking festive and in the house, and it's a nice family thing to do to put up the tree together. I've seen some people in my area with their trees up for the last couple of weeks and shops seem to start as soon as Halloween's over. Anyway, we're here now. I hope everyone across the pond had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed their long weekend. It's It's been another busy week for me with work, as evidenced last week by me having to go old school and record from the mobile studio. I hope the, uh, the mishmash of sound quality didn't spoil things for you listening. So... Let's turn our attention now to this week's episode and to help dissect H is for Hero, I've got a familiar voice, someone who is no stranger to the podcast, even hosting when I had to miss a week. He courts controversy and is never afraid to tell it how it is from California. It's Travis Shefflin. Hi, Travis. I need a hero. I'm holding on for a hero day. Gareth, hey. were you were you holding on for a hero? I was, but I would have to say to you, mate, don't give up the day job. Oh, which is a professional singer, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. It's it's good to have you here. How, how have you been? I'm good. Dexter's pretty good. I guess I, I don't want to give it away too much it's pretty good i got you know i always got things to say about things but it's pretty yeah. good so yeah yeah i'm doing well yeah and thanksgiving nice time yes we my family um we had to do thanksgiving on saturday because my nephew was had like a stomach flu or something well no it wasn't covid but um right so yeah we i had to do thanksgiving to like saturday okay um, i'm sure your viewers or your listeners are really interested in that <laughs> I want to give a shout out no, before but, we begin. Let me give a shout yeah, out to go. listener Phil Dunn. He, 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 I got my first piece of fan mail from your podcast from Phil Dunn. Uh, he wow. reached, he reached out to me on LinkedIn <laughs> like a month ago. I don't even know if it was fan mail. He might have been talking shit because he was like, "Man, I've been listening to the podcast and you just can't get over Harrison and Hannah. You hate those guys." <laughs> and him and I went back and forth a little bit. He seemed like a nice guy. Uh, but yeah. So, so, Phil, if you're listening, thank you for reaching out at LinkedIn of all places. Right. I mean, I don't ever tell people to reach out to me on LinkedIn, but he did. That takes a little digging. That does. Yes. Yeah. But clear, clearly you inspired him. I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've He's all seen... been driving along in the car, listening to something and talking to the radio when, of course, mm-hmm. no one can hear us. But right. uh, I mean, that's the beauty of the Internet these days is that you can reach out to people quite easily, can't you? Yeah. Without too much of a kerfuffle. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned Phil Dunn. Um, I, I just wanted to quickly say, excuse me, thank you to my patrons, uh, your good self included, who mm-hmm. chip in and help keep the podcast safely stored at a good quality hosting provider. Uh, something I lacked in the past. I'm looking at you, TalkShoe. Uh, and, and Phil Dunn is uh, one of my newest supporters on there. So thank you, oh, Phil. And cool. also uh, also Joseph Riello. And uh, special thanks to my two premier supporters, Nick Henderson and Kim Shane. Uh, if you'd like to support the show out there, you can for as little as one pound a month by visiting patreon.com slash dissecting Dexter. Uh, now, before we get into the episode, we should just take a moment to uh, acknowledge something that's been emerging in the news uh, literally in the hour or so before we started recording uh, some very tragic events that have gone on in Michigan um, over your side of the pond uh, today. Um, Sadly, uh, a shooting in a school has taken place and um, obviously uh, has a bit of a connection with the the subject matter that we're going to touch on in this week's episode. Uh, we uh, we shall continue with our review, um, nonetheless. But uh, obviously, our, I'm sure you'll join me, Travis, in uh, sending out our, our thoughts and, and best wishes out there to uh, anyone who's uh, who's been affected by this this awful incident. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's no uh, there's no fun way to talk about that. So yeah, uh, it sucks. It fucking sucks. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Very but sad. We'll, we'll try to carry on. I'm sorry, you guys. We will. <laughs> 
<laughs> we will. We will. Uh, so um, Dexter New Blood episode four. H is for hero. The original air date, the 28th of November 2021, written by Tony Saltzman and directed by Sanford Bookstaver. So we start with what I saw as an insight into Dexter's Mind Palace. We got a glimpse of Deb looking at photos on the floor in the uh, in the trailer, didn't we, earlier in the year? And we see uh, what it was, uh, what it was about now. Now, we thought at the time there were maybe photos of the missing girls. But we see here they're actually photos representing the situation that Dexter finds himself in with Matt, Kurt, uh, the buck. Uh, it's like a, a bit of a brainstorm all over the floor. When we talked before, Travis, you highlighted that Deb seemed to be interacting with real life objects. And it certainly looked like that in the trailer. But here it's fair to say that it's all in Dexter's head as he's figuring things out. Yeah, I I really like the concept and how they did this. There's something later in the episode a bit like this, too. But this was fun. What, what did you make of this? I like it, too. Uh, yeah. And in the in the pre in the lead up to the season. We all know Deb was dead, but it really seemed like they were going to skirt the line of like, how dead is she or whatever. But I mean, now that we're into the show, we see how vivid Dexter's imagination can be with everything. So, yeah, it fits perfectly her on the ground doing that. I love I'll say this. I didn't comment when I commented last week, but I love how weird they get with Deb. Even later in this episode in the school auditorium, you know, the, Deb has that, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. The yeah, the, the Deb parade, so to speak. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I love how weird they're getting with Deb, um, the wood chipper, the swamp thing in the ice. Um, yeah, yeah, this. So I, I, I love that. And um, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So so Dex is trying to figure out why Kurt's lying. Um, of course, he can't call Kurt out for it. <laughs> but of course, we're also a step ahead of Dexter because we already know why Kurt would benefit from ending the search. But Dexter doesn't know anything about the sniper and the girls. So instead he figures out, he, or he figures that Kurt just wants to get to the person on the camera, assuming he's hurt his son, and he concludes that Kurt will eventually get to him. It doesn't seem very often that as an audience we're such a big step ahead of Dexter. Um, just on the spot right now, I'm trying to think of other times where we've been massively ahead of Dexter in the scheme of things. Can you think of anything? Well, uh, I mean, yeah, in a way, right? We knew who the ice truck killer was before Dexter. We knew... Yes, of course. ...who the Doomsday killer was before Dexter, right? Yeah. I So even Trinity. I mean... But, it, well, as far as something that... An active investigation that, that like, affects Dexter, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is... Because, obviously, Dexter knew that these people were dying, didn't he? Uh, in this case, it's just the missing girl case, and he's done his best not to get involved, isn't he? Yeah. He's actively trying to avoid entertaining the subject when mm -hmm. it came up. Um, but obviously, we know that these girls are dying, and and um, Dexter doesn't. Um, and and in the absence of that knowledge, his his line of thinking to do with Kurt is uh, is a little skewed away from what the truth is. Yeah. Uh, next scene. Dex is on the phone to Angela, telling her about picking up Kurt at the at the tavern. Uh, obviously, a scene we saw uh, previously. Um, what struck me though is that they very um, very casually and and they seem very comfortable in saying "love you" to each other at the end of the call. Uh, mm -hmm. Word words that, that <laughs> quite surprising to hear coming out of Dexter's mouth. I don't. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for the "me too." Right? He goes "me too." Right? Yeah, love you. Yeah. Goodbye, Dexter. Love I love you. Love Me you too. too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I know he's he's been in Iron Lake. Is it two years? Did he say two or three yeah. years? Not been there that long. Um, I mean, who who am I to judge how quickly love can blossom? But it just just knowing Dexter as we do, it just seemed a little bit surprising, I suppose. Yeah, because I wonder. Um, I guess it, words are just words, right? He could be lying. Yeah. But he yeah. made a big in, in season five. You know, he had that big thing at Frida's funeral where. He like I loved her. Or he he realizes he loved Rita or whatever. And I think in season eight, I, I never rewatched season eight leading up to this show. 
but I think it's season eight, right? That was a big revelation. Like I love Hannah and my love for Hannah is what is going to make me stop killing. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, man, yeah, I mean, does he feel the same way about Angela as he did about Hannah? You know, I don't like Hannah, but he doesn't act like he likes Angela that much. No, and with Hannah, at least at least you could see why he would be re- completely relaxed with her because she wasn't she didn't turn away from his darkness. Right. Uh, and he could be himself with her. I guess so. If, you if, could if, see why that connection would be different. Yeah, well, you could get philosophical like, oh, Dexter is in love with the idea of Angela, of this, dom- <coughs> excuse me, this domesticated life. Or something, right? Because yeah. last week he had the scene at the dinner table where he was like, "Man, my life is fucking awesome. I'm eating yeah. with family. Nothing's gonna go wrong for me." So I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. that. See how that goes. I yeah. mean, it just as you as you're talking now, I'm thinking, is it Jim Lindsay that's uh, that loves Angela, not Dexter Morgan? Yeah, his his alter ego. I don't know, because as we know, as Jim Lindsay, he's he's not killing, or he hadn't been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a persona that he's he's made for himself. Um, okay, so uh, move, moving on, there's an interesting scene in in Dexter's cabin uh, where he's having a chat at breakfast time with Harrison, and Harrison comes out with fuck nugget, which I thought was a nice little touch. Uh, the look on Dexter's face, remembering Deb fondly and and how she used to talk. It's a nice little conversation uh, as they remember her. And Harrison says, well, you know, I don't remember much about it, but I remember the swears. Mm-hmm. They, they seem they seem quite relaxed with uh, with with her here and 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 um, with 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 each. So, some of my words lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Sorry. Um, they were quite relaxed. They seem quite uh, relaxed together. Quite relaxed together. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. And and no indication at all of of what's to come later in the day. Like like Harrison had something sort of brewing inside you know some dark need <laughs> yeah um deb herself I, I felt was a lot more toned down this week um last week there was the uh, the outlandish thing with the the wood chipper mm-hmm. that i wasn't a massive fan of um I oh, know you didn't like that people were it was it was too goofy for me it was just a little bit little bit too far um, I, I liked it when do you remember that split second where she was like dressed as the principal or whoever? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. that was last week. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was cute. Yeah, yeah. And it happened again with um with Angela, didn't it? As well. Yes, we, in the did police it? uniform. Did I, did I blank yeah. miss it? Yeah. Maybe I told you I was writing notes during my first watch, so maybe I missed that. <laughs> I don't I mean, remember. People her. have people have called out about Angela being a bit of a doppelganger for Deb. Hey, I I I'll it, I said that myself back on in our preseason. Is it you? Because I remember I was calling Clive. Ah, you probably pervert. did. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was yeah. Like, You're not the only one to mention. I think. He's into this. Yeah. I think someone brings it up in feedback this week, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but obviously you're not the only one to to feel that. Uh, I mean, obviously they've got similar hair. Um, mm. But um. Yeah, they got the same physiques. shapes. What I got I the know. same shape face. Yeah. And they have the straight hair. Yeah. Yeah. Less sweary though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so Kurt goes to talk to Angela about his call from Matt lying through his teeth. And of course, I don't know if you picked up on the tell. <laughs> Lots of looking up to the side, which is, is I think is, it is up to the side, isn't it? Up to the left or the right that's regarded as um, a tell when someone's lying. Yeah, that's like FBI profiler information yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. When, you, when you're reaching. Um Angela shows some thoroughness, though, by not just taking his word for it. And she asks Logan to run Matt's credit cards to see if they can verify him being in New York. And then Molly Park shows up uh, to talk with Angela. Luckily, no soft rock accompaniment, which I was grateful for. Her yeah. entrance last week, uh, uh, I think we, we talked about it offline, didn't we? I, I thought she carried herself more like a YouTube influencer than right. a, top, a top true crime podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> And, and she wants to help with the search, no doubt, hoping for a scoop for the podcast. And Angela brushes her off. Um, we would get a bit more Molly later on, but this is just a brief interaction. Um, Dexter's then putting fuel in his car when he sees Kurt in the diner going to talk to a young woman on her own uh, inside the diner. De- Dex doesn't think anything of it, though, but of course we do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Dex, Dex is just mulling over why Kurt's lying about Matt 
but of course for us we're thinking is that more mounting evidence that Kurt's the the, the sniper sniper killer want to end up on my table email dissectingdexter at gmail.com uh, so we, we then join Harrison in school. And this is where the episode really gets moving, of course. He's listening to Molly's uh, bizarrely named Merry Fucking Kill podcast. <laughs> Do you know the right? Re- you get that reference? No, I don't. Oh, see, I didn't know. OK, that's like there's a game you've never played or it's it's a little crass, a little immature, but it's, it's Merry Fuck Kill. The idea is you're presented with three women or men. Right. And you. And you're given the choice. All right, you can have sex with one. You can ki- you can kill one. And you have to marry I mean, the other one. Oh, so, okay. So, you know, the idea, marry, fuck, kill Rita, Hannah, Lila. You go, okay, marry Rita, fuck Lila, kill Hannah, get her out of here. That's how you play. Uh, okay, I got you. That's why I fouled up the name of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a podcast that was amongst Audrey's recommendations. Uh, he, he spots an episode on Trinity which was nice to see his face in a Dexter episode again. Uh, we can yeah. obviously spend time talking about the quality of the podcast. No, let me, let's get in. No, let me get into that. Yeah. yeah. Because as my, I have a slight vested interest, not only in your podcast, but something my friend and I have been working on. It's been dormant for like months now, but him, my friend and I were trying to put together a fake true crime podcast as like a gag. So we spent time researching oh true kind podcast right you know serial is sort of like the mother of them all in my mind yeah yeah Yeah. serial you know what i'm talking about i don't know oh s S town yeah 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 (laughs) okay uh that was where it started wasn't it wasn't that s town oh i don't serial serial came first and then uh, s town was a spin-off i don't know enough about it i serial is the one in my mind that that you know kicked it off it was 2014 or something right and then I'm sure true crime podcasts and true crime shows existed before then, but that was the big popular one that everyone was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. do actually subscribe to Serial. Oh, okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's a good one. It is good. See, that was hard for me because I don't listen to this stuff on my own. My sister does. You know, um, I, I find in my, in my work, working with, uh, with young, uh, young men and women, um, that, uh, women love true crime. I don't know if you ever, come across that but man women love talking about murders and ted bundy and i remember when netflix had that ted bundy the ted bundy tapes or whatever i remember i was working at a high school man those girls were like Teddy was so cute i wish he wasn't crazy <laughs> women love this shit uh th- this is besides <laughs> the point uh that podcast yeah like if we talk about it th- I, what would this be this would be like a technical direction or something we're like, you're, you need to make a fake po- – you need to script out a fake podcast for your show. And when I listened to her podcast, even though we got, what, 90 seconds of it? Yeah, it, did, it, yeah, it didn't seem like it was the kind of show that would get nearly a million followers. It w- yeah. it, it sounded like – I know Jamie Chung's a, a great-looking woman, but if she's pushing 40. It sounded like a teenager describing Dexter season four from memory. She was like – Oh my God, Trinity is this fucking crazy person, and he she killed this beautiful queen named Rita. Hello, yeah. It was like that. What? It was it was very hurried, wasn't it? It was like um, it was like the whole episode was just Trinity in a nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) When I feel like not an extended narrative to draw the listener in. You know, if they were going, if they were getting buck wild, I mean, this is a dream, but it's like Showtime would literally produce like a half hour podcast and put it out for us to listen to. Right. I mean, th- th- this has yeah. nothing to do with the show. This is just a dream. Th- this is not a criticism against the show. But I'm thinking like that would have been cool. Right. It's like a yeah fan engagement. Oh, Jamie Chung would record it. But yeah, the podcast didn't yeah. impress for those 90 seconds. There was like no because when you listen to true crime podcasts, they're giving details and dates right like this happened on this date and this was just like oh rita is this beautiful woman who got killed that sucks isn't that crazy guess what her baby was there yeah and her (laughs) baby was there right oh and i have more i I guess we want to get through this but i have two things to say one is i told you i had my theory about the the girls getting shot and i think i know what's happening i think i got to the bottom of that but i have a i have a i have a point to make about 
Dexter Morgan in relation to to Molly's podcast. But okay. maybe maybe we want to finish the the episode the the sure. Summer. But, sure. but we weren't we were both not impressed with the her podcast that we listened to. It, indeed, I, I it to me, it didn't the tone of it didn't sound like one that would be so hugely popular. But the, then again, look at how many millions of hits bozos on YouTube get <laughs> for playing pranks on their siblings or doing, I don't know, dumb 24 hour challenges. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. But man, like, you know, 800,000 is a lot of people. Yeah, there's no accounting for taste, is there? No. And did you know, last thing I'll say about it, they do this a lot on this show and other shows that the picture they used at Trinity was just like a still from one of the old episodes, mm. you know, and you, and you wonder like, when were they, who was photographing Trinity in his garage or like, that's where like the photo was taken, you know, it's yeah. just, yeah, that was weird. You know, I was like, I, cause I would figure they'd have Trinity's family, right. They probably took some fake photos for the sets of that. Like they could have used one of those photos, you know? Yeah, they could. Something that realistically yeah. Molly would get access to, but this was just like a still from an episode. Yeah. 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 But the uh, this Trinity episode is obviously a trigger for what comes next. Now, right. I'll I'll be honest. I didn't expect this. <laughs> it, Harrison looked upset, understandably. Mm-hmm. Was this the first time he'd heard any detail about what happened? I, I don't know. H- Hannah might not have known much about it. So was this the first time he'd heard so much? But how would he know Trinity killed his mum to even pay attention to that episode? I imagine. Oh, go on. I'm sorry. Sorry, it's all right. I was. Um, I I imagine Harrison knew, or Hannah knew at least, right? If in the intimate moments between Dexter and Rita, I mean, sorry, Dexter and Hannah, surely he told her, right? So at least Hannah knows. But I can't say quite plausible. Yeah, I can't say Hannah would tell Harrison. But go on. Yeah. Now, of course, we still don't know how much Harrison knows, do we? How long was he back in Miami? Did he have time or motivation to research what happened to his mother? It might make some sense if he did. Of course, he'd be interested. He, he had no one else at that point. He might have looked into whether he had any surviving family and came across what happened to Rita. Um, I mean, that's just that's sort of just me spitballing as to how he might have found out about Trinity. But equally, Hannah could have told him. Uh, simple as that. And then, you know, anyone with a computer can Google it, can't they? Yeah. And then as he's looking through this podcast that Audrey's recommended him and lo and behold, there's an episode about Trinity. So um, we talked a, a bit offline, didn't we, about questioning what effect trauma can have on uh, young children, particularly babies and toddlers who right. um, are arguably very young to be making uh, permanent memories um i did a little bit of research about this and um what i what i found is that, that trauma can indeed have a massive impact on babies and toddlers um so obviously we, we've speculated on the podcast this season already about how much harrison might have been affected by what happened as a baby whether, whether he was at all whether there might be some latent um impression yeah. Just from the sheer emotional trauma of it, even though he might not have any visual memory. So um, the research that I I was looking at said they, that children or young people might not have a visual memory, but the emotion of the trauma itself can have an impact on the foundational development in areas of things like language, uh, physical and social skills and managing emotions. Effects can be mitigated through a safe nurturing environment afterwards. <laughs> but look at the environment Harrison was left in, a remaining parent who was often absent. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, babies form solid bonds with their parents. And we know it was Rita who was there the most. So he'd have had the strongest bond with her. Take her away and you remove baby Harrison's biggest connection. Bring on feelings of abandonment, separation, yeah. anxiety, immense sadness, all in that poor young developing brain. So for Harrison, there was multiple impacts really that the trauma of the murder and then the trauma of his mother being gone it, it all adds up to a much bigger negative impact again that word on his development and then factor in the removal of his other parent a few years later and being taken away from his home to a foreign country the poor kid must be pretty messed up um so the way the way i see it and i think i've mentioned this again on, on the podcast this season is is not surprising that he he might be seeking connection or reconnection with his dad looking for stability 
but the damage could have already been done like it was with Dexter. So, uh, so then we had it was a bit of a shock when uh, when the alert came through on the um, on the old mobile device uh, for Dexter there, um, an incident at the school, school being on lockdown. Nice bit of uh, creative tension there when the, the alert came through. Uh, and I thought, well, Ethan must have um, exacted some revenge on the bullies and, and mm-hmm. given the title of the episode, Harrison stopped him. However, once he was talking to Angela about what happened, I turned to my wife and I said, I don't believe a word of it. <laughs> they said the stab wound wasn't deep. And I thought he's done that himself. Yeah. Did you did you buy any of what he was saying? I, I fought myself um, because. I don't I don't know how I feel about where they're going. There's something to be said about a predictable story. Right. Uh, Game of Thrones got a lot of flack because they tried to subvert our expectations too much and at the sake of making a good show. And a lot of fans were predicting like Harrison's got this dark passenger. Harrison's going to be a bad guy. And I don't know how I feel about that because it seems kind of predictable, but maybe that's the best story and maybe that's why it's predictable. Mm. So I didn't know how to feel like I was kind of hoping in my mind, maybe it's a little more interesting if Dexter's just paranoid. Dexter my son's a fucking liar. He's, you know, and he's not right. You know, maybe, maybe that's more interesting, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I did know. Here's all I could think about. This is so silly. Did you notice how fucking furry that kid's belly was? <laughs> when he's like, when he's like getting stitches, yes. he's got his thing. I'm like, this is a 16 year old. He, he looks like Chewbacca. He looks like handsome Chewbacca. Yeah, I'm like, look at you, did, you, actually, yeah. you listeners, go back and watch that. He's got the hairiest belly this side of the Rocky Mountains, <laughs> or that side, I guess. He's on the other coast yeah. from me. Yeah, that's all I could look at when I was <laughs> looking at that. <laughs> Another thing that I, I noticed in that scene when Harrison's talking to Angela is there's a paramedic standing next to her, and that the expression obviously he's just an extra dressed up as a paramedic. He's got a big, big um, bristly beard. Not that this is anything against people with beards at all, but um, you, you can't miss him. But he, uh, the expression on his face, I don't know what direction he was given, but he looked totally bemused to be there. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, he was stoked. Just like, oh man, finally some action. I'm on Dexter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, mum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if there is any truth in what he said. Was Ethan really planning on hurting anyone? I think the jury's still out. I mean, he's got his sketchbook in his mm-hmm. bag, but there were no weapons that they found in the, in the bag. The only thing Logan pulled out of there was, was the sketchbook. Yeah. So where, where did the, the knife come from? There was no, um, there was no weapon that we saw in that scene. Was there? They didn't. Um, no, other anything than, up. I guess the hunting knife that supposedly belonged to Ethan. Yeah. But did we see that yeah. in the scene? Did they show it or did I, did I miss it? Oh, good question. I know Dexter had a hunting knife when he came yeah. back with, with Rita. Yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Forgive me. Deborah. Yeah. And it was the one. Yeah. Because we later see a knife in a picture, don't we? When they, they go to Ethan's house. Yeah. And they find some weapons uh, in Ethan's room. There are some guns and a knife. And that, and I think that's probably the same knife that Dexter's then using in with Deb in his little routine. It is a little um, weird. If if Ethan got slashed with the, you know, I guess we're jumping to the end. Your listeners, I hope, have watched the episode. If Ethan got <laughs> yes, slashed with the, with the straight razor, wouldn't he have told somebody that? I mean, I guess maybe Harrison. I'm trying to think of something convoluted. Harrison had the hunting knife anyway, but he decided to slash Ethan with the straight razor. Because why? I'm just thinking, why wouldn't Ethan be like... Check the wound. I got slashed with the yeah. hunting. I don't know. That I'm a little confused about that. It, yeah. I mean, in the picture, it was a long, it looked like a long, clean, straight wound, didn't it? Yeah. That could have quite easily been made by a razor or maybe a, um, could have been a knife as well. I mean, I'm, I'm no expert. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think, I think the jury's out. I, it's, it seems inconclusive to me. And I thought the weapon was notable by its absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that scene and they've no one remarked that oh, we've not recovered a weapon what what happened yeah. to it harrison later with dexter he and uh harrison have a, a conversation in the cabin 
Dexter checks in with him to see how he's feeling. I just keep I keep replaying it. Ethan coming at me with that knife. Do you ever have a situation scare the shit out of you like that? Yeah. What do you do to deal? I wrap bad guys in plastic and kill them. I, um, guess I... I'm not sure. Right. For sure. I mean, you can still talk about it more with me if you no, want. No, I'm okay. Really? I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Good night. Yeah, good night. Dexter knows how it feels to carry trauma with him. Yeah. But he couldn't offer any advice whatsoever. I mean, Harrison might have also been fishing there for Dexter to say something about Rita's murder. Uh, knowing full well um, as an appropriate, because he said, Dindy, have you ever been in a situation like this where you've been so shit scared? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Dexter remembers when his mum was killed, but uh, perhaps Harrison in Harrison's head, not knowing about that, about his dad, perhaps he was referring to Rita's death and hoping that his dad might say something about it. This conversation still needs to happen, doesn't it? It feels like unfinished business that they still need to talk about that i feel yeah yeah they well, will or not i don't know but it seems like yeah. a logical conversation to have between father and son in these seems like yeah it seems like it would have happened re- quote in, in air quotes realistically it probably would have happened already right if harrison's been with him for a week now or however long it's been yeah. right yeah yeah i just yeah. You, you think about what are the quiet times like between the two of them like is it just awkward mm. silence dexter doesn't even own a tv no. i don't think yeah, so I'm like, what? Are, you know, how do they fill their time if not <laughs> <Yeah>. reconnecting? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Dexter doesn't seem to suspect anything fishy until he redresses Harrison's wound the next morning and sees it close up. Yeah. And you can see him looking and you know straight away he's, um, you know, if anyone knows stab wounds, it's Dexter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Harrison gets all defensive at the questions. And, of course, that causes Dexter's suspicion to quickly increase. Uh, through through Deb, he's arguing with himself whether Harrison's normal or not, but also questioning himself as which way he'd really like things to go. A little omen ahead of the final shot that comes up at the end of the episode. So Harrison storms out, doesn't he? He gets all pissy at the questioning, all defensive. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting what happens at the hospital, because to me, it, it adds complexity to what we assume Harrison's done he seems to be he seems to be genuinely upset about it and goes to check on Ethan but is he worried that Ethan didn't die and might wake up and tell the truth about the stabbing was Harrison going there to finish him off do you think that's possible or do you think he was just legit concerned I guess I've got this picture in my mind based off of like almost nothing that like Harrison was just feeling all kinds of ways because of that Trinity podcast and he, I don't know if he was actually even trying to kill Ethan when he slashed him. Now, we know, and Harrison should know, that I guess a cut on a certain part of your leg should be fatal, right? Based off of what happened to Rita. But I don't, was, he trying yeah, to kill, yeah. was he trying to kill Ethan? I don't know about that. Because, I, I mean, he didn't mm. even cut him in the right place. But I know it's easier said than done, right, to, yeah. to get the right place. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the femoral, isn't it? Femoral artery in the leg there. Yeah. I mean, I, I only that's what the show knows. I'm not a biology guy or an anatomy guy, but yeah, that's what I hear. The femoral, right? <laughs> right in your yeah. leg? By your yeah. brain? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, it, it, it feels like there's, well, we. I'm sure it'll be revealed what happened in that, yeah, in that I, incident down the line. All I want to say about that scene is they, the casting for Ethan's dad was like 100%. That dude looks identical to Ethan. And I almost thought it was the same dude with, same actor kid with a gray wig on that must have been his dad <laughs> in real life i thought talk about perfect casting yeah yeah he was he was good that. and he was <clears throat> he was quite reasonable with uh but, with harrison you, although you can understand why they wouldn't want to see him again yeah yeah 
yeah, because as I say, their life in Iron Lake is over. <laughs> so uh, next, Dexter goes to the police station to talk to Angela and he sees the, the board with the crime scene photos. Of course, he knows blood and can read this like a book. And it's not adding up to anything good for him, is it? However, we know now that Ethan had weapons stashed in his room. That's revealed in this scene. Uh, weapons sold to his dad a while before. So him having the weapons in his room does add weight to the possibility that he was planning something drastic at school. I can't imagine if his dad bought weapons that he would store them in his son's bedroom. That would seem odd. Yeah. So it seems I reckon we'll probably get a flashback of, of his conversation with Ethan at some point, Harrison. And, and we'll find out whether Ethan really did try to get Harrison to be an accomplice and Harrison just flipped already, already elevated after hearing the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan um, says Harrison just came at me. It's just it, it just doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't. No, it, I guess I've got the whole picture at this point. Um, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm willing to not trust Harrison. Maybe mm. Harrison, maybe. Maybe Harrison's got some sort of baby version of Harry's code in him. Maybe he was preemptively like, this kid's going to try to kill these these kids. Let me get ahead of the curve here. You know, maybe he was trying to take care of him before that even happened. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And and he was inspired by Trinity to do that leg cut as um as his his method of, of killing. But I don't know how long it would take someone to bleed out like that. But I'm sure it would be um it wouldn't be so quick that. Ethan wouldn't have time to call out for help. Yeah, well, obviously he didn't, or not, he did. No, he didn't. Well, who knows? Well, he had time to call out, is what I mean to say. Yeah, yeah, no one's, yeah, they've not said that Ethan was heard to be calling for help. It all know. happened so, it all happened so fast. It all happened so fast, officer. Yeah. Yeah, so we get to what was my favourite bit of the episode in the school with old school Dexter reading the blood. It was just like old times. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, could, he could read the patterns like a book. We, we get a great scene with Deb reminding us of Dexter's old fantasy about ticker tape parades in his honour, yeah. being hailed a hero for killing all those bad guys. Them stabbing each other was a gruesome touch, but really effective. The interaction with Deb, arguing with himself again, torn over wanting his son to be quote unquote normal. Versus a part of him that seems to seems to want him to have a dark passenger. I love this scene. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the violence uh, between the two of them is great. I mean, I mean, you could read into it. You know, Dexter struggling with himself, his own inner thoughts, whatever. Right? Yeah. I mean, because it's just as a longtime viewer, it is a little shocking to see Dexter slash it Deb like that. <gasps> you know, even though yeah. we know. Right. It's like an illusion. <laughs> we know it's fake, but it's still kind of fun to play. Oh, he got Deb. You know, I mean, that was, it was uh, cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and then, you know, Deb even had to had to relinquish her position. Like, oh, maybe you are right, Dexter. I guess you do know what you're talking about. It does seem funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm just struggling to understand why Harrison would apparently want to kill Ethan. Um, was it a moment of anger about his mum just lashing out and then covering it up, saying that Ethan was planning something terrible? Dexter suggests Harrison wanted to know what it felt like. What? what yeah, I didn't buy like? that. yeah, I didn't buy that. What killing yeah. someone felt like? Yeah, I didn't it's, buy that. Yeah, it's screwed up whichever way you cut this. Uh no pun intended. <laughs> well, hey now. <laughs> hey. Um, okay, so we go back to Dexter's cabin and Dexter asks Harrison if he knew anything about Ethan before all this happened. Were there any warning signs? Harrison outright lies to his dad here. We know he knew about the bullying and Ethan's yeah. violent drawings. Like with Ethan's parents, is he worried that Dexter might suggest he should have said something and, and give him a hard time about it? Mm-hmm. You know, he's only a teenager. You know, that would make sense. Otherwise, why would he lie here? I don't know. It's uh, well, I guess he's in um, uh, 
not recovery mode. He, he's in damage control mode, maybe. You know, Harrison's trying to protect himself. No, nah, I didn't know anything, or right? You know, he doesn't want further questioning. Because if you say no, that shuts down all further questioning. Nope, I don't know anything. Can't, yeah. Sorry, can't help you, right? Yeah. Yeah, self-preservation, a bit like Kurt, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. what he's been doing. And, and speaking of Kurt, he then tur- he turns up at the cabin with a gift for Harrison, uh, hurling him a hero. He talks to uh, to Dexter about Matt, regretting how Matt turned out and blaming himself for not being a better parent. Dexter seems to slip up and Kurt takes on a, a darker expression when the boat crash is mentioned and the yeah. music takes on a more sinister sinister tone, doesn't it? And Kurt seems suspicious about Dexter knowing about it. In voiceover, he says afterwards Kurt was fishing linking back with his theory at the beginning that Kurt might be going after whoever he thought hurt his son. Well, but Kurt's... I don't know. Oh, go on. I, I, I don't know. At the end, by the end of the scene, Kurt seemed to relax, didn't he? He seemed to buy what Dexter was telling him about where he heard, heard his information from. Yeah. Well, Kurt said something weird because he, the, I wrote it down specifically. He, he, you know, he was trying to compare, talk about how to be good father or something. And he was like, Ethan may have wanted to kill people, but Matt actually did. And that's what prompted Dexter to be like, yeah, well, he wasn't driving the boat. But what did he mean by Matt actually did? Am I am I mistook, mistaken? You- well, I'm I'm thinking back to what Matt's friend said. What was the guy's name? Dickface or whatever, right? Yeah, Dickface. What he said when he was all um, drunk and high and pissed off and talking to Dexter and he he said way too much, didn't he? But he said that he took the fall for Matt and right. said that he was driving, but it was Matt that was driving. And um, he did that because he was paid off by Matt's dad. So the implication there is that that Kurt did know that his son was driving, but to get him out of trouble, he, he paid someone else to take the fall. Yeah, Kurt did know. And, yeah. but, th- but then and he and Kurt did say Matt actually did kill people. But yeah. then what, why was he so upset when Dexter was like, he wasn't driving the boat? I get in my mind, like in in the conversation in Kurt's head, what did he expect Dexter to think he was referencing when he said Kurt killed people? Yeah, oh, sorry, I, Matt I, killed I people. see where you're coming from. Matt, I yeah, because he's yeah. like, Ethan may have wanted to kill people, but Matt actually did. Yeah. He was, so did Kurt know, slip up? Yeah, that's what I was I'm confused slip. about. And I, yeah, I'm wondering, yeah. has there been some time that they've referenced Oh, you know, a lot of times in this show, they'll do, the, they'll do that thing. Oh, Matt killed somebody, but he got off on a warrant or a faulty warrant or evidence or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so what I'm confused about. Yeah. Because the what public, the public record shows that Matt wasn't driving. Yeah. Right. So and that's, Kurt, that's what that's what Dexter yeah. tried to. He, Dexter tried to further that charade. Hey, well, it's not like your son was driving the boat. Yeah. And Kurt, and Kurt was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite bring. Oh no, no, he said what, what Dexter said was it's not like he Dexter said it's not like he meant to crash the boats or something, right? And that's when Kurt was like, he wasn't driving. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, yeah, it's it's a confusing. Did they, both, thing. did they both sort of slip up then? Yes, and we're slipping up. Yeah. And De- Dexter throwing his his girlfriend and and the 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 woman at the. Police station under the bus. Yeah. Oh, they were they're they're all you know those women. They're always talking when they shouldn't be talking. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. Dick, oh. you know, if I'm him, I'm just like, oh, you know, people. T- I'd keep it vague. People talk, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love you too, honey. By the way, I just threw you under the bus. Yeah, exactly. And he's like naming them specifically. Angela told me this, and so did Esther. <laughs> and you know where yeah. they are at all times. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so next we we find out, as we've already alluded, that Ethan woke up and was saying that he never attacked anyone. Yeah. Harrison just stabbed him unprovoked. And from what we know already, I'm inclined to believe him. But again, why would Harrison do this? <laughs> What's odd to me, though, here is that Ar- A- A- Angela is so ready to dismiss anything that Ethan's saying. Now, it's not like Ethan has been presented as untrustworthy. Yeah. All right. All right, the drawings, the kill list and the weapons don't look good. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. <laughs> but I felt that Angela, who has been shown to be quite wily and, and um, intelligent up until now, was a, I felt was a bit remiss here. 
and yeah. should be following that up because it's one word, one person's word against another's, isn't it? Without any yeah. other witnesses, there's no mention of another witness. So yeah. uh, why is the, the the kid who's been in town a few weeks? Why is he being believed over a kid who's lived there all his life? Or, well, you know, you know I guess she's, long time. she's got the connection. It's her boyfriend's son, right? Yeah. yeah. It is a little That's... sloppy. We we had good police work in the beginning when she didn't believe Kurt right away. Right. Hmm, let's follow up on this. And now it is a little sloppy. You know, Angela, she's human. She's, you know, you take the good and the bad. You get the facts of life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt she was. Um, yeah, she wasn't uh, she wasn't on the ball here and and should you should follow up any lead, shouldn't you? And, and at least go and talk to the kid. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she also I think is this the part we're at where she talks to Molly again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she turns yeah. up. Well, because uh, she does it. She almost does the same thing. What I'm not going to harp on it, but Molly's like, yeah, I, I looked on Google and this this girl's safe. And then Angela just takes her word for it, like, oh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Like, that's another instance yeah. where I'm like, you're just going to trust her. You're not going to follow up. I mean, maybe off screen she will. But I thought that yeah. was, she just took the, the thing off the board. Like, well, I guess, Molly, I never thought to use Google the way you did. Yeah. And she's got um, she took the picture, she took the picture off the board, didn't she? Yeah. But and put it on a desk. And so maybe she will then maybe. for all Probably. we know, she she might yeah. follow it up off um, off camera. It's, I guess it's not necessary to the, the right. thrust of the of you're the right. season. And maybe we could maybe we could give her the benefit of the doubt. You're you're right. It was it's just weird because like filmically, yeah. cinematically, that's like signifies like like all right, taking it off the board signifies that it's like a done thing. It's crime yeah. solved. Like, oh. Yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so Molly turns up armed armed with this information, uh, as if to say, you know, you you scratch uh, I'll scratch your back if if you scratch mine. Right. She was still a little on the cocky side for my liking. I I don't know. I I just don't like the swagger of someone who's full of their own self importance. <laughs> <laughs> and I got that air about her. It puts me off. And maybe that's intentional here. Oh, it's, you know, it's she, intentional. Yeah. She's I don't, got. Yeah. She's got a hugely successful podcast and, as as we've said, a substantial social media following. But it doesn't make her the second coming. <laughs> no. So I, I don't know. But, uh, she, you know, if she proves helpful, then, um, you know, she can be a benefit in, this all is, in the name of good. This is the scene where she talks to Dexter for the first time on camera, right? She's like, hey, I heard your son was awesome today or something, right? Yeah, she does. Sort of pats him on the back and just as she's going by. All right. Yeah. Here, here's yeah. my theory about Angela. Or not, sorry, not Angela, Molly. It's not even a theory. This is just a point. Uh, picture this. This is a in the world of Dexter, there's popular true crime podcasts. And, and uh, Molly hosts a podcast all about serial killers exclusively, it seems, right? It's not just true crime. It's like specifically serial killers in in the world of true crime podcasts in the world of Dexter. Would not Dexter Morgan be like sort of a famous mythic figure? Because you think about all the shit that went down in Miami alone. You could do a whole podcast about Miami and all the crimes that went down there. But it's like ice truck killer. Kidnapped Dexter's sister. Bay Harbor Butcher had a very public feud with dexter morgan um <laughs> trinity killed dexter's wife doomsday killer kidnapped dexter's son brain surgeon killed dexter's sister and then dexter killed the brain surgeon on tape and disappeared all this is to say now i know that in miami there'd be a lot of names like batista's name would show up in all of these things right batista and the guerra all these names would show up but all these serial killers specifically targeting dexter over and over again and the fact that him and his son, as far as the public knows, disappear and are never found again. Yeah. Would, I, I think Dexter Morgan would be amongst true crime fans. Not you or me wouldn't recognize Dexter Morgan from Adam. But like amongst true crime fans, certainly for Molly, she would recognize this guy. Because we know she knows what Rita looks like. She had a, a Rita's wedding photograph on her podcast. I imagine yeah. it, it, this Dexter would be like a D.B. Cooper amongst these sort of true crime efficient it'd be like man dexter was connected to all these crazy killers in miami and no one knows where dexter is now you know that'd be a whole true crime podcast in itself where did dexter morgan go to because they never found a body right no, they, just the remains of the boat they go well that must mean he's dead um and that's me clapping my hands like job is done <laughs> yeah so i'm thinking yeah either there's two scenarios let's give our our 
let's give your best friend Scott the benefit of the doubt since you were on his podcast. <laughs> Maybe Molly does recognize Dexter and she's not saying it. Maybe she will recognize Dexter soon. She supposedly has 800,000 followers that do half of her work for her, right? Yes. So maybe Dexter's photograph ends up on her Instagram or whatever somehow. Oh, here's here's J- Jim Lindsay helping me out, whatever. And then someone back in Miami goes, wait a you know, Masuka is a, a fan of this podcast. And he goes, wait a second. <laughs> I was Lindsay. just going to say the I was yeah. just going to say that exact same thing. Yeah, maybe Masuka's a fan. I don't and sends it, us some information. <laughs> I promise it's not because they're both Asian. I don't I just don't think Batista knows what a podcast is. Right. That's that's. <laughs> computers are not in batista's like yeah realm yeah. um because and, yeah. by all means the name dexter morgan amongst true crime diehards the name and prop maybe the face would be famous right if there's you know a biography channel does a profile on the trinity killer they'd have photographs of dexter on tv you know not like because they think he's a killer but look at the happy family that trinity destroyed yeah, and it's far- the, yeah, 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 it's the family that that Rita left behind. Right, and so someone someone who's super into true crime should recognize. Go, wait a second, aren't you that fucker from? Aren't, and yeah. I guess, t- and as far as the public knows, Rita's not Trinity's last victim, because in the season six, didn't didn't they blame Trinity when his wife and daughter got killed by Jonah? Yes, they. I mean, Did. what a train yeah. storyline that was. Don't get me started. Yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, Jonah killed his wife, killed his mother and his sister. Uh, and didn't the sister commit suicide? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Point it. Jonah did kill the yeah. mom. Yes. Even, even if Jonah did. didn't do any of it, I think Trinity was blamed for all of it. Yes. So as far as the public knows, that's Trinity's last victim. And Trinity's still at large. Yeah. Yeah. Was, Actually, someone... Someone pointed that very thing out on social media, uh, on Twitter. I think I made a note of it uh, for the feedback section. So we'll we'll come to that again. Uh, but no, you, that's that's a fair point. Is that is that a, a little um, is that a little uh, mistake by the the writer there? It could still happen. I'm and expecting it will up. happen. You don't bring on a true crime podcaster and not have them interact with dexter right yeah i mean I'm, when I've, I've listened to a lot of true crime podcasts and and when they they'll have a whole you know 10 episode uh series about one case uh-huh. and they go into such detail they interview the detectives the jurors the judge right. the lawyer the witnesses um the mailman you know that yeah. um, every man and his dog the butcher the baker and, the candlestick yeah, maker. and yeah. they they access they access documents case documents there's there's no way that if you know if she's if she's done an episode on the Bay Harbor Butcher, she, an episode on Trinity mm-hmm. and so on, Ice Truck Killer, um, Dex's name would would be in the documents, wouldn't it, as a as yeah. one of the investigating team. And she and she um, said she called her work crazy thorough. Remember in, in regards to yeah. Angela, she was like, this is crazy thorough, which is how people describe my work or something mm. to that effect. Yeah, she certainly uh, kept her poker face and, and yeah. gave nothing away to suggest she does recognize dexter but maybe that's to come yeah you heard it here first dexter fans yeah yeah travis said so yeah (laughs) so uh yeah so it's it's no big surprise we're moving on um what happens with kurt next so it's as i say it's no big surprise to most of us that kurt is probably revealed to be the sniper as, as he takes that girl from the diner to the cabin in the woods uh, we we see the basement hatch that the girl last week escaped from. I, I say probably because he does seem to be offering her a job and was very visibly talking to her in the diner. Loads of witnesses. If if he had plans to kill her, would he be grooming her so openly and publicly? Right. I had the same thing. I had a note here. We won't go into it, but it's like I wrote down Iron Lake attracts single white attractive young women like Miami does serial killers. <laughs> There's like this unrealistic, right? Like so many goddamn killers in Miami. And this, man, you just killed this this young woman two days ago. And now you got a nut, just one fell into your lap. Like where are these, and, you know, and these are cute young girls. Have you seen real hitchhikers? Yeah. You know, you see, remember the hitchhiker? They all look like the one in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Have you seen that one, Gary? <laughs> that crazy dude they pick up in the beginning of the movie? 
Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. time ago. Yeah, and this is this young, cute girl, blue hair, and she's single and unencumbered. And I just want to go home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like. It's like the last one. You kind of have to, like, just. Uh, there, there's, like, some sort of, like, time dilation that happens in these stories where, like, I guess. Because if, if he's really killing these hitchhikers, like, at the rate that this seems to show, like, it's two days later and he's already got another victim. I'm like, man, this would be a – people would notice that many girls going missing, right? Yeah. So yeah, you just kinda, they would. Same thing with, with Dexter where if he's killing somebody every week, you just kind of ignore that. Like, okay, well, in the Dexter world, that's it's been a couple weeks maybe. Or I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's – I get, we have to suspend a, a bit of yeah. disbelief, don't we, that the Iron Lake is on this. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be on a through route, does it? There's no, there's no freeway where where people traveling from, I don't know, one side of the right. country to, to the other would, would pass through here. It doesn't yeah. seem like that kind of place. It seems like a backwater, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So and which would also underline why Dexter chose it. Because yeah. he'd want somewhere pretty off grid, pretty quiet. Um, yeah, but I guess, yeah, we have to sort of. That's the old wave of the hand thing. Don't question it. And yeah, and I, I don't, I don't <laughs> mind it. it. It's fine. Nah. I'm wondering if it is a sort of almost kind of like another Trinity thing. Like maybe he's not going to kill this lady. Kind of like how Trinity was capable of being kind. And, you know, he Trinity used his hammer for more than just killing. He used it at the at the, the, the Build a Home Foundation or whatever. He gave it to yeah. Kyle Butler. Like maybe he is just going to set this lady up in his thing for a little bit and that's going to be the tension for us viewers we keep waiting for that penny to fall so to speak yeah yeah we're assuming he's yeah he's gonna kill her he's gonna kill her and then he doesn't you know yeah i mean it it would be reasonable to assume he's taking her there to uh to entrap her and eventually kill her but is he taking her there to you know put her up right even harrison at the end of the episode he says oh everyone's got two sides or he had that speech you know, depend, everyone's good and bad, but who who wins out in the end, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the school, the school speech and Harrison. Right. So Dexter's, uh, this is where we kind of finish the episode. So Dexter's convinced that Harrison's hiding something and searches his room, juxtaposed with the meeting at the school and mm-hmm. uh, Kurt taking the girl to the cabin. Is it the same cabin? I don't know. I, I didn't see the balcony. Balcony, and it looks smaller. You mean the 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 one where where he took the girl to that we where he takes the girl killed? at the end. I mean, we see we see the hatch, the, the, yeah. like the basement hatch, which looked the same. But I don't know. It looked at the cabin last week. It looked a bit bigger in in the the runaway mm-hmm. musical scene. Um, yeah. I didn't I notice know. to be honest, but maybe you know this is what I was talking about earlier. They're trying to set up, make us look like fools. They're making it so obvious that it's it's so obvious that it's kurt and then they're going to pull the rug out psych yeah i don't know i I don't mind that i i like being genuinely surprised when when something's not obvious and telegraphed from the start um i'm i'm quite happy about that although wasn't it alfred hitchcock who said um uh if you've if you've got people i'm apparently going to make a hash of this this story where he said if you've got in your scene if you've got people sat around a table talking and then all of a sudden the bomb goes off. Uh, it's a surprise and it's a moment of surprise. But if you've got people sitting around a table and you're shown the bomb under the table and the countdown ticking, you've got the tension and the build up and the anticipation. Right. You've got more of more sense of um, emotion, more of more of an emotional journey. Yeah. The, the idea that the audience knows the bomb is under the table, but the, uh, the characters yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case where we. We think we we know it's Kurt from the mm-hmm. off, even yeah. from the, the trailer. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is it that obvious? And like you say, they're going to pull the rug out from under us. I mean, it, the only option seems to be, aha, it's not him. It's Edward Olsen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it, Kurt. It's Kurt. Yeah. Court. His brother. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah, so at school, uh, Harrison's applauded for his bravery. He quite rightly calls out the bullies, and and fair play to him for doing that, uh, calling them out who who those who picked on Ethan and drove him to what they think he was planning. Yeah, he speaks a lot of sense about us having sides, but mm-hmm. that Ethan was also a victim, which is also very true. 
he seems genuinely emotional, like he had real empathy with him. It, it makes it more weird that he apparently tried to kill him. It's honestly, it's, it's a head scratcher for me to figure him out. He's he's very complex psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then we and then we see Dexter find the razor and, and musically there are hints of the blood theme again. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that seems to nail it for Dexter. He has the dark passenger, or so he says. For a moment, uh, we see his brow crease like he's upset, but then it turns into the start of a smile very briefly before we cut to credits. Harrison has a dark passenger, or does he? <laughs> Trinity used a straight razor to kill his mother. Hey! He was born in blood, just like you. He has my dark passenger. There's there's still so much to find out about him. Is is the razor a symbol for Harrison of where he came from? Something he keeps with him but never used to actually hurt anyone? Did he kill Hannah with it? There's a thought. Well, you know, a guy can dream. <laughs> well, what, what did you make of that? I know we sort of touched yeah. on this already. Well, I, you know what I was expecting in that moment because of what Showtime loves to tell us about returning guest stars? I thought Trinity was going to show up right there. Right. De- suddenly Deb would be replaced by Trinity or something. You know what I mean? Like right in that last moment. That's a cliffhanger for the episode. John Lithgow shows up. Hello, Dexter Morgan or whatever. That's what I thought maybe. But it didn't. Uh, I, I suspect yeah. whenever we do see John Lithgow again, it'll be somehow in that capacity. Yes. But um, uh, yeah, I, I still don't know how to feel about this because I wish I could say I hated it or I loved it, but I don't hate or love it. Because, uh, yeah, it does seem like a weird turn. Dexter spends so long, even in the previous season, w- desperately hoping his son is normal. And for him to be yeah. stoked on this, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And I could see maybe if in this season they kind of really amplified Dexter's inability to to connect anyone. He's in Iron Lake and he's really not connecting to anybody. He has no friends. Maybe I can see him being relieved. Like, finally, I got someone just like me here, but he seems to have a really a life that he likes. And for him to be stoked, because yeah. this is just going to make it worse. I don't know how I feel. I feel I hate, I hate, hate, hate sounding like I know better than these people, whatever. I just feel like, I don't know, man, this kind of came out of nowhere for him to, in one episode to be excited for this. I don't yeah, know. He's not thinking very long term, is he? Yeah. At the moment. It's certainly interesting, to say the least, right? <clears throat> I mean, we could say yeah. it's interesting and I'm still interested. Um, yeah. But I don't know if, I'm like, not my Dexter. Hashtag yeah. not my Dexter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like you say, all, all through the original series, Dexter was paranoid that his son would turn out turn out like him, and he didn't yeah. want that at all. Now there are suggestions that maybe Harrison has a dark passenger of his own. Dexter mm-hmm. seems to be growing to like the idea. Uh, as you say, he's always longed for someone he can be himself with, no hiding his darkness. And yeah. like her or not, Hannah was presented in that role for a while. Yeah. Now, does he see the chance to have that with his own flesh and blood? His son. I could almost feel his excitement starting to rise. Right. Well, this will be the third person he teaches the code to, or the fourth one, right? (laughs) Miguel, Lumen, and then uh, Zach in season eight, right? Zach, yeah. And uh, hypothetically, I mean, you would think this would be the most successful. That's your son, right? Like, you you can't trust your own son. Who can you trust? Yeah. Miguel was just some dude. Lumen and Zach, just some dudes. But that's his son. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting to see where it's going to go. I mean, overall, this for me, and I don't know if you feel the same. This is the best episode of the season so far. It, it had classic blood spatter analysis that took me back to the good old days and some much better interactions between Dex and Deb and none of last week's silliness. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know many of you like I know many of you like the wood chipper, but it was it was a little too goofy for me. Uh, but we had the creeping dread about Harrison and that, and that stepped up massively this week as we come to the end of the first act or it feels like the end of the first act to me. Yeah, there is still so much we don't know, particular, particularly the complexity of Harrison's issues 
and psychological state. How far does his darkness go? We shall see. But I, I feel good about things. Where, where are you at? I agree with everything you said, other than no real big reason. I think last week's episode was the best. I really liked season the episode three. That was the first episode I felt really hooked of the, like uh, front to the show. This one was good, but I liked last week's a little better. Um, Dexter on the back foot and the intrigue. I guess mysteries are always more important than more exciting than the solutions. The intrigue, like, ooh, Harrison's kind of into his friend's dark fantasies last week. And then we, I don't know, now I saw where it went to. The fun's over. But, um, <laughs> it was short-lived. <laughs> yeah. Just like this episode. These episodes are getting shorter every week. Showtime, is this your scheme? Get me to subscribe to Showtime and you give me less show? <laughs> less is more. Yeah. Yeah. For you, apparently. All killer, yeah. all, all killer and all no filler. filler. No filler. <laughs> little disco cliche there. Dissecting Dexter. I kind of have a thing about blood. This is, of course, the part of the podcast where normally we would get stuck into the listener feedback. However, Travis and I had already already talked for an hour just about the episode between us. And that's before we even think about looking at listener emails or listening to voicemails. So I have, uh, for your convenience, split this podcast up into two parts. This is the end of part one. Check your feed and download part two if you'd like to hear your listener feedback and uh, and our responses. There's some some great theories, great comments as always. So uh, please do check that out. Part two is coming up. Check your feeds. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Cheers.